Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. This is what, 118 or something now? Probably. Probably. Anyways, uh, so what's up, everybody? Episode 118 or something, whatever. Um, you know what's funny is that we're all told that there, there's this great thing that you can do. Uh, it's a privilege that you have is to serve on, on a jury. Like that, it's a, it's a privilege that you get to serve on a jury. You get to be uh, among your peers and decide whether or not someone is guilty. You can send them to the chair or you cannot send them to the chair. That's the, that's the power you have as a jury of your peers to decide the fate of someone if if they're guilty or not. Well, I have experienced that such privilege, and it's turned out to be a fiasco, an absolute just just mismanagement of people's time. It's a whole catastrophe that is the the county that we live in and how they conduct the jury system here. So I get a letter in the mail about a month ago. And it's, oh, you have been summoned to jury duty. And it talks about the privilege of what it is. But it also says if you don't respond, if you don't send in the information, or if you don't show up, you could face prosecution. So It's the great privilege it's of not, being not, held in contempt. Not much of a privilege there. Yeah. But anyway, so yesterday was the day we had all we all had to show up at the courthouse to get appointed or more information or whatever. We had a legal document saying we had to be there on Monday, uh, uh, October 25th. So, uh, and they said we, you would get a phone call or we would reach out to you about what time we need you to be there on the 25th, which is yesterday. And, well, I never got a phone call. A month went by, never got a phone call. No email, voicemail, text message, smoke signal, bird note, nothing. Nothing. And turns out when I get there, nobody else had got any phone call. No email, text message, voicemail, smoke signal, nothing. So there's about 30 of us standing outside. I'm like, did you get a phone call? No, I didn't. Did you get a phone call? Did you get a smoke signal? No one got a smoke signal. Anybody reading tea leaves over here? Nothing. So we're all standing outside waiting for something to happen. Meanwhile, there are sheriff's deputies and bailiffs walking uh, inside because we all decided to show up at 8 o'clock because that's when the courthouse opens. And they're like, what are you guys doing here? Why are you here again? And then uh, then people would go inside and ask someone on the inside, hey, what's the deal? And every time, they all came out with a different story. Oh, well, uh, we'll call you later. You're on call. Oh, well, uh, the, the, the lady that runs the clerk office, she isn't here right now. Oh, well, we had no idea what's going on. Oh, well, uh, you know, it's whatever. Like, folks, if you're going to legally require someone to be somewhere on a certain day for jury duty, give them a good reason why they're there, not just, oh, well, I'm sorry you had to take a day off of work to come here so we could tell you that you're going to be on call for the rest of the week. And we may or may not need you, and we'll give you, like, 24 hours notice if we do need you. I'm sorry, folks, but uh, people have lives, and they have jobs. Not everyone can just stop at the drop of a hat and come sit in a jury room for all day for no reason whatsoever. 
So it's like, oh, so if you don't function on their time frame, you go to jail or you held in contempt of court or whatever. But when it's but when but when they're acting on your time frame, oh well, we'll get to you when we need you. No, no, I thought this was supposed to work the other way around. This is government for and by the people, right? The gov- we the government works for us, not the other way around. So can we have a different system of picking people for a jury? I'm serious, because the the whole idea that you're going to get a letter in the mail, and if you don't show up, you're going to get arrested, that's that's stupid. Like, like if, if it's such a privilege, you shouldn't have to use the threat of jail to get someone to come serve on a jury. How, why don't we have people volunteer? Just have them volunteer. And you can have certain, you know, parameters. Oh, if you have a, uh, if you, if you're related to the, to the accused or the prosecution, uh, yeah, you can't be on the jury. That's perfectly fine. Or if you have... Or if you know if you know the judge, or you know if you have any kind of uh, uh, conflict of interest, you can't serve. Fine, that's that's not that big of a deal. But I, I'm pretty sure if you offer a free meal, maybe a little money, if you volunteer, you get a lot of homeless people to take you up on that offer. I, homeless people are great uh, arbiters of judgment because lots of people who are homeless abuse drugs, so that it, it could be a whole great outreach program to get people to stop using drugs, you know? Get clean and decide who goes to jail. I think it's a great thing to do. Um, but yeah, there's got to be a better way of doing this than just, I don't know, summonsing people of your great privilege. But if you don't do it, you go to jail. That doesn't seem like a very good idea. What do you think, Jacob? Welcome, everybody, to the Standing Complaining About Jury Duty Show, <laughs> episode number one. Uh, today's episode is going to consist of Joe complaining about things that make, the, you know what, Joe, make this a, um, make this a ongoing series. Yeah, I think, I think it's a great idea. It. Yeah. I think we should have guests in who have been uh, abused by the jury system. Um, now, we're, they're saying we're supposed to get paid for that day off or for that day we had to take off of work. Uh, they, you know, we, we, they didn't need us. But someone said it's like twenty five dollars. I'm like, keep your twenty five dollars. That what is that? That's like a slap in the face. Yeah. Because there was a guy that I met there, who, who owned his own diesel mechanic business, and he would go and help trucks on the side of the road. Well, he had trucks sitting on the side of the road that needed his help, but here he is wasting his whole morning on this nonsense. And what was the courts or this the deputy that came out and talked to us? What was her solution for that? Uh, well, um, I got nothing for you. It's like, no, 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 no. It doesn't doesn't work like that, because if the situation had been reversed. You know, if the court was like, oh, well, I don't care about your problems. You got to do this thing. It's like, oh, well, you know, screw you. But you know, like, w- there's got to be a little more give and take here. Yeah. And if I get if I get called again to go to this stupid jury thing, and it's a stupid case, like. Like someone spilled hot coffee on someone or whatever. Like no, I, I I will I will jury nullification that thing into a into oblivion. I am not gonna sit through this nonsense. The fact that this case has gone from just a civil dispute to the point where you need a jury to decide whether or not it was wrong for someone to spill hot coffee on you, we are beyond screwed as a country. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. But um, but anyway, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It just seems like everything is just turned upside down. Upside down. Upside down. And right side up. And right side up. You know why? Because the NIH, and we, you and I were looking at this before we got started because it came out a couple days ago. The NIH 
claims, came out with a statement, said, you know what? We did do gain-of-function research. Oh, we, yeah. That we thing we lied about? Yeah, we actually the did The thing we do lied that. about for years. For two years now. Yeah. We, we, were, we did it all along. And, he, and, if, and Fauci has, has yet, I don't think he's said anything about this yet. Or has he, I don't know if he's been on a, on a Sunday morning show talking with Damone Lamone about this yet. Because if anyone's going to back Fauci, it's going to be Don Lemon because he's so stupid. He doesn't know right from wrong. But, you know, whatever. So the, the NIH comes out and says that, you know what? Yeah, yeah, we, we kind of did that gain of function. So the gain of function research was on bats infected with coronavirus at a lab in Wuhan, Chinese, uh, dis- uh, in China, despite repeated denials from Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci said we didn't do it. Um, that U.S. tax dollars were used for the funding. So, of course, Fauci has been denying this and denying this, right? He's been effectively lying in, in, in Congress several times now. And Rand Paul was like, do you want to track that statement before before we you know, uh, prosecute you and lying to Congress? He's like, I don't refuse to retract my statement. Or are you Arnold Schwarzenegger now? Because because <laughs> here's I've got another thing I want to talk about Fauci in a minute about some dogs. Um, but, yeah. It's it's out in the open now. They're calling it a limited. Uh, the NIH official admits that a limited experiment was conducted to test if spike proteins would naturally uh, for, to test if spike proteins from naturally occurring bat coronaviruses uh, circulating in China were capable of binding to human ACE2 uh, receptor in the mouse model. So they gave um, a modulated or a modified virus to one set of rats or mice. What's the difference? Um, and then they gave uh, one that was not modified. And the ones that received the modified virus got sicker. Wow. I know. It's a shocker. Wow. Imagine that. Yeah, I never would have saw that coming. And so all the evolutionary biologists that have looked into this thing and all the, the the scientists who are not getting paid by the mainstream media all the honest all the honest brokers who are not on CNN looking at you Gupta uh, who are saying you know this there's something in, there's something weird about this virus that it doesn't act normally like other viruses do um it's like well maybe because it's, it came from a lab and you if you were to say that a year ago you would have been you'd been kicked out of the room you'd been laughed off the stage the only person who got away with it was John Stewart when he when he went on uh, the Colbert whatever show report the Colbert report no he, is that what, no his late night show uh late night with a Colbert whatever it's called yeah that that uh, re, uh the, where he tries to tell jokes that the, but they're always Trump jokes <laughs> and dancing needles <laughs> so we call him a comedian but he's not really a comedian, comedian. yeah <laughs> and he was like you know there's there's this virus that comes from that started in China and the ground zero of this just happens to be next to a a, vi- a vi- virology lab where they do this kind of gain of function research as the NIH now admits it's like huh I mean, it doesn't take a big brain to see this. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take that much. It's not that far of a leap, right? No. You don't not, have to go really. completely off the cliff. You don't have to pass through the membrane to another reality. You don't have to go through the wormhole with Morgan Freeman. No. There's a virology lab in Wuhan that does this kind of research. Boom. Virus comes out of there. You had report. You're just a racist, you, Joe, for assuming I, that. I know, I know, I know. You know, I hate, I hate yellow people. Um, you had, uh, you had, uh, people who are working in this lab getting sick in, in 2019 in november of 2019 it's like and they were sick with the same thing that everyone else was getting it's like huh 
maybe there's some truth to this lab leak theory. Now, if the lab leak theory is 100% true, and Dr. Fauci says, you know what? Yeah, we did the gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab, and I gave $600,000 to the Chinese to do this virus for me. If he does that, and you know they throw him under the bus and he goes to jail, whatever, what, 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 what are we going to do? How is that really going to change the way the world looks at this thing? Could it be that we blame China for everything, or will the 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 the, the woke uh, pandemic folks will they be like, oh well, um, still wear, you still got to wear your mask and get your vaccine and your boosters? It's like, well, what do you think? Do you think do you think that's really going to change anybody's mind or their attitude towards the virus, Jacob? No. What here's 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 my comment. Okay. Um, on all this, so since Fauci called himself the science, yes. Um, we can say science is a liar sometimes. <laughs> Darn. Yes. You know, it is pretty. It is pretty marvelous and and great. But at the same time, though, um, even though we didn't have the the definite proof yet. You didn't need to really look far to figure out that this man's been lying the entire time. Someone who's been great on covering all the Fauci's lies is um, Jimmy Dore. Oh, yeah. He's been fantastic on all this. And Jimmy Dore is a lefty. Jimmy Dore is He's one of these socialist. guys yeah, who who believes that, that masks work. Which, and he even admits to the opposite. He even says that even if masks didn't work, he's still lying. Yeah. So so his whole statement about, you know, you shouldn't be wearing masks. Okay. If masks work, then he's killing people. If they don't work, then why are you flipping on this position already? You're yeah. you're lying either way. Well, I mean, like like I have said and like you have said and so many others have said that he has taken every position on this pandemic that you can possibly have. He's playing both sides, that way he always comes up on top. Right. But I don't think in the long run he's gonna win. No, because eventually it'll 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 catch up to him eventually. One can only hope. But the problem is, is that there's going to be this cult that surrounds. Why are you looking at airsoft? Guys? I'm not, Joe. <laughs> there's going to be this cult that surrounds Fauci. That no matter what happens, it's going to be like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. He may have gotten that wrong in the past, but he's but he's still right about this. You know, it's like whenever um, I can't remember what his name is now, but there was there was a guy who who always who was always predicting things that were were going to happen. And they never, you know, ended up happening. Um, it's getting like that kind, of, like the, like those people that always predict the end of the world, like in 2012 or whatever. Um, and it turns out not to be true. Like like the people that were pushing that Mayan calendar thing because the Mayan calendar just ends at 2012. That like we're all gonna die. That's usually what that means. Yeah, and um, then nothing, then nothing happened that day, and everyone was like, well, well, it kind of fell for that one. And then the guy who was pushing all this stuff was like, well, I did my research again, and it's going to end it's, you know, 20 years from now. And everyone was like, oh, well, okay, well, you were wrong here, but I'm still going to believe you, you know, in 20 years from now. So I don't know. But the pro- I guess the, the, this is what I see happening. So the, the NIH admits that, yes, they did the gain of function. And people who didn't like Fauci already were like, well – you can't dislike someone even more if you already dislike them. Maybe, bet. well, maybe, maybe there are some people who were kind of on the fence, but I don't know who's on the fence about coronavirus. Either you, 
either you you have one side of one point of view or another. There's really no fence sitting. Maybe some people who were kind of you know starting to question something, maybe like, all right, so someone's not telling the truth here. So maybe there's some people who changed their minds. But here's here's also another thing, right? So the 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 poster child of this of this pandemic, although he's not really a child anymore, has been. Fauci, he has been America's doctor, right? There was that awful uh, documentary that uh, Disney did that Disney I had Plus that too. I haven't watched because no. I refuse to watch that garbage. Well, what's funny is if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, you're say. the the culture shift on the elites versus the common man is it's funny. Shocking. It's funny even on some of those Marvel movies too. Like uh, wasn't Captain Marvel like had great ratings for Rotten Tomatoes, but the people were like, eh, not so much. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing there, right? Didn't he get like what less than five percent approval rating from from the the normies? Something like that, from, yeah. From the deplorables, um, but yeah. So there, there. It seems like the people are starting to shift on Fauci. It seems like the guy who everyone was propping up as America's doctor, the guy that Trump propped up, the guy that Biden vomited. Propped up, or not vomit, propped up, not vomited. <laughs> although, you, although vomit and Fauci go hand in hand. They do. It's the voluntary lunch, action. Lo, hey, is lunch on you tomorrow? It's the involuntary action that follows after thinking about him. Uh, that reminds me of that episode of Seinfeld when they're going for the uh, NBC uh, pitch, and then they're all meeting at George's apart- or, uh, Kramer, or Jerry's apartment, and Kramer drinks the sour milk that he throws yes. up on, uh, on that uh, lady. And then Jerry does the joke about vomiting on people. And he's like, is lunch on you next week? <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, so and then if you, all of mainstream media, all the Sunday shows, all the you know reputable news sites have been saying Fauci is the science. Fauci himself is becoming the megalomaniac that it, you would see in a Bond movie or uh, the Bond villain as the, um, the I am. You, you, you question Fauci. You question the science. So you, didn't he say that? You yes, he actually Fauci. said that. You said he, he spoke to himself in the third person. Yes, in the third person. So this guy is a megalomaniac. But then we have this happen. The NIH says, "Well, yes, we did do gain of function," and everyone was, and Rand Paul's taking a victory lap, smoking a cigar, you know, partying on a yacht with all his friends. I was right. And everyone was like, "Well, maybe he was kind of right." And then we get this story about how. So when companies. Uh, when drug companies are doing testing on new uh, medicines or drugs or therapies, whatever, oftentimes they will use animals. And there's a huge thing. This goes back a long time about, you know, testing on animals and uh, things like that. People are against it. Some people are for it. But the only thing that I will say is that um, for any time that you want to – if you want to live in comfort and you want things – you want certain medicines they're going to have little to no side effects they're going to you take the you take one pill and you know you're just miraculously better that does come at a cost because you do have to test these things on people or on animals uh in order to uh to you know to make them safe for humans so they have to be tested on something so you cannot be the champion of the pharmaceutical industry uh, and then be against animal testing because, well, I mean, that's how they test these things. But there is there is kind of a, uh, I don't know, a, a separate question to this is that, you know, are they doing these testing in uh, humane ways? Well, there's a story that's being pushed right now about how uh, Fauci was was in these was involved with a study of some kind of 
drug or whatever. Uh, and they were using beagles to do this. And the only way they said that they could do this testing is if they were to stick a beagle's head inside of a box. And they cut the um, the vocal cords out of the beagle so they wouldn't cry and whimper so they didn't have to listen to that. And then they were uh, brutalized by uh, some kind of fly that basically ate their face off. Yeah, they had a flesh-eating parasite yeah. um, that, that they would use – on the the um, dogs, to, I guess to test a drug or whatever they I, were. I don't testing. know why. I don't know why you would need to do I'm it that sure, way. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you're testing. That's that necessary to to because um, I know I, an animal well event. well not only just an animal, but we've accepted for the longest time about animal testing that typically um, mice are or rats. Mice or rats are usually the first ones Monkeys. to go. But, but monkeys are farther along, yeah. typically on, on on the cycle because they because they share more DNA with us, so we can get a better idea before you do human trials. Um, but usually, mice and rats are the the, the simplest forms because we everybody has culturally has this dis- disdain for rats, and they're known. You know, there's a whole the whole thing you can go yeah. into about them, but that's typically where we start. So. Dogs is a very weird thing to do testing on because dogs culturally are beloved, and I mean you. There's been multiple psychological um, testing and study that I'm done about the relationship between dogs and humans, and how if you were to ask someone if you saw your your dog drowning or you saw a stranger, who would you save? And like overwhelmingly, people would save their 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 dog over the life of another human being. So there's this intense cultural connection and and love of dogs, and for good reason. But that to me is why I think this is getting so much outrage because because it's a dog. I think if this was this was this was rat, rats, um, people really really wouldn't care. It's like why are you doing this? Well, okay. Well, here's the thing, though, right? Is that yes? Here in the West, we have a great affinity or affection for dogs, and here in the West, we will call out countries that breed dogs to eat them. Yeah, right. You would see that in Asia and other cultures, right? They eat dogs because, well, to them, it's just another animal. But the difference is, though, this kind of information has been out there, right? If you want to find it, if you if you if this is something that you that you're passionate about, you can find this kind of information, right? People yeah. know this happens. They don't want to see it, but they know it happens, right? It's different with a dog because, you know, we have dog as pets. Not very many people have mice and rats for pets. I'm just going to say that. Not people We don't see them really as a part it. of the family. Yes. So, typically, I mean, people take family portraits with their, with their pets. It's very, very common. They're a part yeah. of the family. Um, I guess the thing that I just can't get by is why are you using a dog? And I think that even if they were subjecting monkeys to this kind of testing, the people would still have a kind of this outrage. Yeah. Because it's 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 not the sense of um, testing a virus if you were to input a virus into a bat or something and see if it would die or not. It's the slow, painful torture and death of being eaten alive. Yeah. Um, that I think that that's the outrage. And gosh, you you better have a good explanation for why you're doing right. this. And I, I have but not seen I one yet. I don't think it's a coincidence because remember remember I told you about, I don't know, about two weeks ago is that something's going to happen here in the near future where they're going to throw Fauci under the bus. And I think this, is, this how, is it. I think this is how it starts. I don't know if this is going to be the only th- the only shoe to drop or the only shoe thrown at him like, like what happened with Bush. But I, I think this is maybe how it starts. Now, my crystal ball could be as broken as anyone else's. It could be as fake as the one that Pee Wee Herman went to. 
mean, we don't know. I see a bike. <laughs> the Alamo <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> so maybe I'm seeing Pee Wee Herman's bike in the basement at the Alamo. I don't know. But I don't think it's a coincidence that this story drops in the same week that we learned that the NIH admits that they were doing gain-of-function at the Wuhan lab where is the virus dis- came is from. Is this to distract from that? Maybe it's a to distract from it, but why would you throw Fauci's name in the same sentence as dogs having their faces well, who eaten threw off this of? In, well, who threw this out there? Was this... Uh, I can't remember who exactly broke the story, but the fact that this is coming out and it's being passed around online and on the Tweety and on, I guess, some news sites, too, I don't think it's a coincidence. Now, I'm not saying that the, that the folks who run the New York Times or the Washington Post and all these the main so-called mainstream media all got they're together. They're not mainstream media. Well, so that's why I say it's so-called. Okay, they're not, but I say, stop calling them mainstream. Okay, lamestream media or the, the corporate press, the drive-bys, as Limbaugh called them. The, the, the folks who run these media organizations – uh, I don't think they all got together and said, you know, we got to get rid of this Fauci guy. I don't think I don't think that necessarily happened, but I think that they're seeing the writing on the wall and they're saying, you know what, this this ship is going down. Let's stop rearranging the the deck chairs on the Titanic and let's just throw Fauci overboard. Maybe they're all doing that. Maybe have all made that decision on their own, or maybe the powers that be who in the in the government or whatever, you know, like, hey, we got a serious. S storm coming our way. We better get out. We better get out in front of this thing before it, it really blows up. Do you think it's gonna come out? Okay, this is just tinfoil hat time. Do you think that they know this came from that lab and they can confirm it? And if so, are they just are they just getting ready for the for the, the storm as you said that's about to hit them? And maybe this is the way they can discredit him. Yeah, and that's and so that way he takes the fall for yeah. all this. They're making him the fall, man. They're gonna throw him right under that bus. And Do you think maybe he 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 lied intentionally that way when it does because they knew they couldn't hold I it back forever? I think that Fauci, someone like Fauci is a useful idiot. I think that they will use people like Fauci and Burks and whoever as useful idiots because right now it's politically expedient to trump up this virus, so to speak, to uh, cost Trump the election. And I think that's the reason why all these governors shut down their states and the reason why they put us in this economic position – uh, uh, to, to, to basically to cost Trump the election. Now, that is a conspiracy theory, one that I think that actually is true. Um, but And they use people like Fauci because at the time he was politically expedient. Now, they can't hide behind the truth anymore. They can't hide behind their truth anymore because the NIH is coming clean. Because people are, are looking into this gain-of-function uh, case, looking into the lab leak. If you have Jon Stewart, the most mainstream guy on the so-called political, you know, funny talk TV, um, if you have him basically roasting Colbert about the lab leak theory and saying, it, you know, could this be a possibility? That's all he was saying. And Colbert's like, well, I don't know, man. This looks pretty natural to me. He just starts laughing. He just starts laughing. Because he has nothing else to say. Yeah, it's like Jimmy Fallon. It's just a big laugh track. All Jimmy Fallon is a laugh track. No, here's, here is Jimmy Fallon comedy. Has on an actual funny guest. Guess is something funny. Jimmy Fallon laughs. Wow, Jimmy Fallon's so funny. <laughs> Has Jerry Seinfeld on. Jerry Seinfeld says something funny. Jimmy Fallon laughs. Guys, Jimmy Fallon's like the greatest comedian ever. Yeah, unless you're unless she's interviewing Louis C.K. Oh wow, so great, so great. Oh, it's so great. Um, but where was I going with this? So I don't. But 
I think that they're seeing that, you know, the game is up. We see that they know that the vaccines after 11 months are basically useless, as Alex Berenson has clearly pointed out. The fact that that you're going to need to get a booster here very soon and that the, that the CDC director is admitting, uh, she said this a couple of days ago, that the definition of fully vaccinated may change as boosters come available. You know, weren't they – I read somewhere – I forget the, forget the place I was reading it, but – some hospitals are tr- are having to change the definition of fully vaccinated because so many people are showing up um, in the ER with, with 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 sick that are vac vaccinated. They're having to change the definition yeah. of well, you know, they haven't had the booster shot, so they're not fully vaccinated. I read uh, a headline. I don't know if it's true or not, but just a story that I saw that hospitals were being over. We're getting we're getting overflow with patients that are sick with a cold like cold that isn't COVID, and they don't know what it is. And these people are vaccinated, and they're not testing positive for COVID. So what is it? Flu? Is it the flu? Is the flu making its heroic comeback after being decimated? I mean, who had the flu? I mean, for this year, anyone have that? Uh, anyone anyone go look bet at the, on that go horse look at, race? Go look at, at the flu data. Compare. Go look at the flu data, and then track that at about twenty years, and you can see it just you know. Every single winter, flu season, and then 2020, boop, nothing. Yeah. So is it – I don't know. And then there's still this huge push to, to mandate the vaccine, and Biden is uh, basically criticizing first responders who don't want to get it, right? Remember the heroes oh, yeah. of last year of all we, – we banged pots and pans for our nurses and first responders? We all went now and clapped. If you, now if you don't get the jab, you're out. You're fired. You're done. Pack your crap and get out. That's what that's what Biden is saying. So you can't champion these people, saying how 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 big of how they're so heroic for putting them putting their lives on the line to save these people who didn't get the vaccine. Remember all the doctors that were saying, "Well, I won't treat patients that aren't vaccinated." Remember all those folks and we all cheered them on, get the vaccine. Now that now the same doctors and nurses who don't want to get the vaccine, maybe because they see the BS that it is, or they've they have natural immunity, which is better than the vaccine in many cases. And Biden says, "Yeah, fire them." People, I mean, come on. You can't you see what this is? Invite Biden saying, "Well, well, the you know the mandates are working. People are getting vaccinated." I'm sorry, Biden, but uh, I think it's something like several million truck drivers have walked off the job, and now there's another chance of another 37 percent of drivers who the very small majority that's left is are threatening to walk off the job if you push vaccines on guys who sit by themselves in a truck all day. Well, well, not not just that, but but. Think about that the statement he just said. The vaccine mandates are working. So let me get this straight. So whenever you hold someone's livelihood and life and the ability to, to provide for themselves and their family, when you hold that into jeopardy and people cave, wow, that's it's working. Yeah. Think about that for a second. I I I, I know someone uh who had to get the vaccine because he didn't want to lose his job. I mean, you hear the story over and over again. I know somebody I'm, I'm at my job who recently came back to work at this job whenever they left because they worked for they worked in healthcare, and they did they want they didn't want to get the vaccine they got fired, hmm. they're gone. Um, there was an article I'll I'll link it below again if it's behind paywall I do apologize but um 
it the the headline is says that their jobs made them get vaccinated. They refuse. Basically, it takes the story of about seven different people and talks about um, talks about the reason why, why they, they did it. it. Yeah. But what's great about this is the fact that um, whenever they're done telling the story and done with their side, the New York Times uh, likes to rebuts it with something like um with something like um well um uh it's safe or or like it's the effective. cdc says it is it's effective um i've trying to find the one there's a one person that was saying um that said something about it and uh yeah it was just whenever they would say these these things like many people are nurses and um oh yeah so it was this right here so there was a uh, a nurse in a medical intensive care unit who worked the whole time applied for um this religious exemption basically got got taken down and then it says at the bottom according to cdc data unvaccinated people are 4.5 more times likely to contract the coronavirus i like to see the data on that and 11 times 11 times more likely to die from their infection than those who were unvaccinated i like to see the data on that too. yeah which i can click on they have the link and it's just uh oh it's a picture of biden on the front how about that but anyway, um, to uh, to kind of get back to what I was saying about Fauci and everything, so I definitely think that uh, that it is certainly possible that they're going to use this whole these stories that are blowing up about the NIH and whatnot. And I don't think then again, it's not a coincidence that uh, you have this these new these stories dropping or resurfacing about Fauci being leaked to the possible abuse of these animals. And once they were done with these dogs, they just executed them basically because they were no longer useful, and they couldn't they couldn't put them up for adoption. I mean, who wants a dog with no face? I mean, nobody wants that. Um, My question is, where's Peta at? Yeah, you know, I was gonna tweet Peta, but I guess they blocked me. Mm. I don't know. I I, I, I don't. Animals? Well, so back in back in the day, like three four years ago, when I when I was on Twitter, then I got off. I used to like jab fun at PETA because people would always do it. They'd post a picture of um, how we shouldn't slaughter pigs, or whatever, and then I put the picture of me cooking bacon or something. Oh yeah. Um, there was there was one time that I was thinking about cows and we're making burgers or whatever. Yeah. Um, somebody was just um, there was a picture of um a cow and it was just like, would you kill me? And then I was just like, looks like looks like steak to me. Um. <laughs> But I don't know. They they blocked me because I was trying to find if they said anything. Because I know Tom Woods, a bunch of people were uh, calling out the PETA and saying, "Hey, will you denounce uh, the Fauci?" Because because PETA's been on the forefront of of um, animal testing. I don't know if I'm going to call it forefront, but they just they've been for they've been against animal testing. So uh, it, I, 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 if they've said anything, I I can't tell because I'm blocked. They have blocked I mean, me on Twitter. As so. far as animal testing goes. As long as it's done in, in a humane way, I don't really have that big of a deal, big of a problem with it. But if if the story with Fauci is true, that's wrong. They're gonna suffer. That's that's wrong. Uh, as far as rats and mice, you can do whatever you want to them. I really don't care. Uh, but if it's dogs or cows or monkeys, that's a little bit different. Maybe because that's just the way we look at animals here in the West. The animals that are that we that can be seen as pets are animals that we actually eat. Uh, as far as cows go, you want them. You're like, oh well, I mean, you know, that's that's the cow. I mean, you got to treat it with a little respect. Or that monkey kind of looks like the the monkey that Justin Bieber had. 
So, you know, you don't want to be mean to the monkey. Um, so I don't know. And then, but then it's, it's different with dogs because like you said, dogs are for a lot of people are a member of the family, just as much as the kids are or the mom and dad are. So I don't know. But if you, but you can't, you can't, you know, praise the pharmaceutical industries and all these drugs that we have and then not want to look at what has to be done in order for us to get this kind of stuff. Because, I mean, I'm sorry, but there, ha- there, there, there are things that we have to do sometimes that are a little unsavory if you want to live in the world that we live in. Uh, I'm not, not, it's not making an excuse for it, but that's just a reality that we live in. And, you know, if you want, you know, and, and there's, there's also another thing, too, about how these pharmaceutical industries use aborted fetal, fetal tissue to test drugs like ibuprofen and, and Aleve and stuff like that. That's, that. That does happen. I didn't know about that um, until here recently when I was looking into all this Fauci dog stuff. Um, but, yeah, that certainly is true. And, you know, what do you do, what do, you do about that? What can you do about that? Yeah. Do you not take those particular medications? How do you even know if they were using that kind of stuff to test it on? I don't know. You know, this is what Kaczynski talked about in his book. This is kind of stuff actually what I'm talking about. Ted, right now. Yeah. yeah. This is what if you if you read um, Industrialized Society and its Future, which I need to go ahead and disclaim, I'm not condoning the actions of Mr. Con, um, um, Ted. K- Ted Kaczynski, but. Uh, his book does bring up a lot of these points, and it's, it's it's interesting. It's interesting that even back then he was able to uh, to say some of the things that we say now. So, well, I mean, you talk about uh, like smartphones and how could you live without one? Sure, you could, but could you be a member of the society? Absolutely not. No. So, well, his whole point was um, our creations being slaves to our creations, and it's very very true. I. I Good luck, especially this, especially this last year. Good luck being a part of functioning society without your smartphone. Yeah, it's impossible. Or without social media. I mean, you could do social media, but your smartphone. I'm doing just fine. Well, your smartphone has your um, the QR codes to scan to go to a restaurant. Yeah. What if, if you, you don't have a phone? Live in New York. Well, not even that, but most restaurants, even around here, there's a QR code. If you don't have the access to the internet, yeah. um, you know, most most tickets to go to do to events are all like go to sporting events are all on your phone now. That's true. Buying yeah. and selling tickets all on your phone now. Uh, there was a story uh, about some fast food chain. They were rolling out new um, uh, kiosks in their restaurants. They're basically getting rid of the uh, person at the counter. Oh yeah. And it's like I mean, McDonald's mm-hmm. has has already been. Yeah, I was thinking it's already been it's already been doing that. And then you see the huge push for you know ordering ahead like 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 today I, I got lunch at Chipotle or Chipotle as people call it. Did you go to McDonald's today or? Well, yeah, that's where I that's where I play golf. Oh, today. okay. I thought the one in, the one by our house is supposed to open. I don't know when that one is, but look, whenever that one opens, the Moe's here and all that. They're, they're, hey, they're here's the under. thing though. You said the same thing about Moe's. How you're gonna get fat and you're gonna you're gonna lose all your money because you be going to Moe's all the time. Moe's quality has dropped. I don't know what's happened. It's in Moe's. La- no, no. Look. Look, Moe's used to be really, really good. I don't know what's happened in the last two years. But they Moe's, got too big too fast. I, I don't know. But, but look, even the one north of us, I go to that Moe's, and it's not the – look, something's changed. Something – it is not as tasty. It is it is blander. That's blander? a word. Bland, it, okay. It is more bland. Okay. But Chipotle, Chipotle, that's going to put it out of business. You know, I have seen that they have that new brisket. and is I it haven't, good? I haven't tried it yet. I, I, Did you see it when you were there? 
I saw the the sign for but it. Did you look at it? No, because I, I didn't go through the line. I just went and I got my food off the shelf. Isn't that? But here, let me tell you what though. Isn't that nice? Okay, it is very very convenient. But the fact, and I, I still cringe when I do this, when I order food through my phone. I still cringe when I do it because, like, you know what? As much as I don't like talking to strangers and interacting with people at all, I still would like to go through the line because I like to see them make the food because I just just like to see how it happens. Because I, I work in this industry, and I, you know, I just like to see how that happens and you know make sure they're not spitting in it or anything. But, um, but every time I order food through the app or I get it through something else i'm like Ugh, i hate that i do this i like it because i because i can go in and, and I, don't, I don't have to talk to anybody yeah i just like not having to talk to anybody that's just what i i, I enjoy it and i can just I can go on with my life i i love it i guess that's true um but what was i saying about smartphones and battery oh uh, anyway so um I'm trying to figure out how to segue into this next story. Um, but because one of the things that I think you and I talked about at length uh, about you know about a few months ago or that we were saying at the beginning of this whole uh, lockdowns and distancing and whatnot was the effect that's going to have on people. And this kind of ties in with my fervor, disdain, and hatred of uh, social media. Like... Um, like at church, I do some stuff with the Utes, and they're all on the TikTok and the the Instagram and everything, and I they kind of uh, roasted me a little bit because I don't know how TikTok works. I don't even know how it works either. I don't know how. I thought it was only fifteen second videos. Like, well, you can do three minute videos now. I'm like, I'm like what? Well, what's the point of it now? Just just watch. You're not YouTube that interesting. Video. Okay, people are not that interesting, and no one on that platform is that interesting to listen to for three minutes. And I say, well, how long can you smile and you know dance around for three minutes? How how long is that going to be interesting for? Mm-hmm. I but, but or or how long can you watch someone play or react to a video game? Like I, that's one thing I've never understood is people who uh, watch someone play a video game, and then someone records a reaction to it, and then someone watches that reaction to them some to someone else playing the game. That I have never understood. So somebody... that I do not understand. Okay, so. I will watch someone play a video game if I want to learn something about it. So if they're showing me something in the game or they're showing me a, a detail or something like that, like if there's a level I can't get past or there's a boss I can't get past and I see how they do it, okay, now I know how to do it. But to just sit there and watch a three-hour flash of someone playing. I don't know what happens unless is- Unless I can't play the game. Like, okay, so recently I watched some Chris Rega and he was doing the new Halo, which you really no one can really play. I was like, okay, let's just see what it's all about from his perspective. But other than that, like some people will just sit there and watch someone play for three or four hours. No, what I'm talking about is a, 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 someone who's really good at these games will do a video. Yeah. And then someone will, will make a reaction oh, yeah, to them doing this video. And then they'll react to that. And then someone will react to that. <laughs> It's like you're watching a reaction react of a reaction to the actual video. This is stupid. Yeah. This is dumb. Like, don't you have like I would I would much rather go outside and watch the grass grow than watch that nonsense. Because because every time you know the the actual guy who's playing the game makes a point, the the first reaction has got to stop and make a comment. Then the other reaction will stop and make a comment, and you're like, what what, what is this? But um, and I I do think that it is true. That the more that we are on our phones, on our computers, 
that we are getting less and less intelligence. I think the intelligence is dropping uh, in this in our society because everything is so instantaneous. We can go and find any little piece of information, uh, like you know, you can just oh, just Google it, Joe. Just Google it. Or like people say, well, I'll always have I'll always have a calculator, which is true because you have one in your pocket. That can I use do, Bing. That can do. I use DuckDuckGo. Uh, yeah, I mean that's probably the better one to use. But honestly. for people that are plebs that use Google, you know, I'm speaking to them right now. Um, hey, I use Google sometimes. I know. I noticed that you were on the the Google. The goggle. The goggle. I goggle it. <laughs> to stop! Stop derailing me. Um, but yeah, I do think the intelligence drops, and I do think it does affect people's mental health. One hundred percent. That is the truth. With especially social media apps like. Um, what's that one you take pictures on? Instagram. Instagram. Uh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> that one you take pictures on. <laughs> definitely, um, Twitter. Oh my gosh. Uh, if Twitter, uh, if if uh, if TikTok is the AIDS of the internet, then Twitter has to be the cancer of the internet. Listen, Twitter is. So there is no the, defending okay, no, Twitter. No, no. Look, okay. So one of my favorite follows on Twitter just got banned. Reed Coverdale who is awesome and who just recently got banned for some stupid reason I'm not going to get into because it's too complicated to explain, but it's for some dumb reason that it's Twitter... It's too complicated, but it's stupid. All right. No, no, no. It's... I, I guess he I He made a I, joke I, yeah, I know. The, I heard what happened. He made a joke and the algorithm just catches it wrong. Yeah. He's... I like what he said. He said Twitter is one of the few places that you can really connect and you can meet people and network with people and your similar interests because of the way you're able to follow people. Um... But at the same time, it's a complete cesspool. Yeah, and like it, Twitter is great if you want to meet people and network and, and 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 like I only I have Twitter just because it's the best way to get information as quickly as possible when it comes to news and stuff. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to go to every different site, I can just have my feed right there. But it is a complete cesspool, and it is horrible and awful, which is making me strongly consider not deleting all my social media like the accounts will still exist but i'm just not going to use not having on your phone yeah not, i'm not going to use them anymore um or i'll have it where i have to be like on my desktop to use twitter that way it doesn't just it, it limits my scope of yeah. my access to it um and there's there's stories coming out now with that supposed facebook whistleblower i don't know how much it's of that, fake i don't know I, how much of that i believe she's um, controlled opposition most no, I, that's most certainly a a possibility um but the fact that you know that they now the parts that i do believe is the when, when they talk about how the algorithm actually harms people i do think that is true and i do think that they are indifferent to that i 100 percent believe that um but the article that i was trying to segue to is about the mental health uh leading uh, p- pediatric experts are warning about severe mental health crisis among children and declared a national emergency this week. So, it seems like everything these days is a national emergency, and I, it, I, I don't know if it, I don't know if it lessens the the uh, I guess the intended effect it should have on people when they say national emergency because you know uh, this it seems like this whole Bl- Brian Laundry thing has become a national emergency or national story. Or the thing that happened with Alec Baldwin has become a national, you know, conversation on guns now. So I don't know when they, when they use language like that. It's like okay, all right, you're 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 trying to make a big point here, but I don't know if it's going to have its, you know, it's going to get to its intended 
goal. Does that make any sense? No, that makes sense. Okay. I know what you're saying. So the uh, American Academy of Pediatrics and American Academy of Children, of Child and Adolescent uh, Psychology and Children's Hospital Association have declared a national emergency for mental health among children and adolescents. A letter released on Tuesday, so I'm guessing this is last week, uh, the organization said that the pandemic and struggle, uh, struggle, quote, struggle for race, re- for racial justice, end quote, uh, has accelerated mental health problems in children. The worst, this worsening crisis in children and adolescent mental health is, ex- is inextricably tied to the stress brought by COVID and the ongoing struggle for racial justice, and represents an uh, acceleration of trends over uh, observed. Prior to 2020, the declaration says. Uh, NPR reported this week that isolation has uh, especially impacted young girls. The one report states that from February to March of this year, emergency department visits for uh, suspected suicide attempts were up 51% for girls aged 12 to 17 compared to the same period in 2019, uh, according to data for the Center of Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, we've seen an increase across the board. For, uh, for all of our service, says Dr. Ron Liu Lau, uh, chair of the, of the Pediatric Mental Health Institute at Children's Hospital in Colorado. Sure. <laughs> uh, the demand has completely surpassed the, the, the access and the, cap- the cap- uh, capacity of our children's mental health system. I don't just mean at children's, I mean across the entire state of Colorado. Uh, this is a really kind of a startling one here is that from January to May, the Children's Hospital Colorado Pediatric System saw a 73% increase in behavioral health visits to the emergency department compared to the same time frame in 2019. Pediatric Mental Health Institute continues to serve, uh, you know, so you, you get the idea, right? Yeah, I get it. Okay. So I definitely think that the lockdowns and uh, not being able to see your friends, not being allowed to go outside, especially for young boys, not being able to go outside – Play with their friends, get in the dirt, play baseball, football. If you let your kids play that awful sport, um, but not allowing them to go and be with their friends, not allowing children to uh, do things that children are supposed to do. Right? You know, at, once when, after you get home from school and the homework's done, go outside and play with your kids. Turn the video game consoles off. Go outside and do something. Or go to the movies on the weekends with your friends. Or go to a, a, a concert or if I don't know if 17, 12 to seventeen year olds do that, but I don't know. But going and do going and doing normal things like we used to do in twenty nineteen, all of that was you know basically uh, you know an asteroid hit the social uh, scene for young people in in twenty twenty. They weren't allowed to do anything, and then we then we kind of act surprised on why there's such a huge increase. Why, well, we, we ask surprised why kids are committing suicide. And we're saying, well, is it the parents' fault? Is it the school's fault? No. You, you cut, you've, you've given everything that gave their life meaning, and you said it's not important right now because grandma might die. So, you know, like sports is a great avenue for people to learn about teamwork, working as a team, uh, how to how to compete on a, on a respectful level and how to just be grow as a person and be and, and get good at athletics, maybe not so much English but get good at athletics. Um, but you took all that away. We did, I did a story and I got pretty heated about how um, 
they canceled football for these kids, and it took away all their meaning in life, and one kid ended up killing himself over it. And it's like, man, yes, this is this this is not okay. You can't you can't just cut off someone's life and just say, oh everything's gonna be fine. They'll they'll bounce back. They're young. No, when you take someone that is eight years old and you tell them for a year that you can't do anything, a year to an eight year old is an eternity. Because you, because what do you have? One eighth of their entire life. One eighth of their entire life. Now, if you do that to an eighty-year-old, it's like, well, I got 70, 79, 79 other good ones. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not leaving the nursing home anyway. But it's still a year of their life, though. It's still. But it's different though when it's an eighty-year-old no, no, versus I'm, an eight-year-old. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing on right. that. Right. So you take away an eighth of their life. You take away, you know, a, t- a tenth of their life if they're ten years old, and even a seventeen-year-old. I mean, I'm twenty-four. I mean, I'm about to be 24. You're 25. I mean, I remember what it was like when I was 17. You know, I remember, I remember what it was like when I was 10. Right. Uh, you know, the, just just this, if you were to take away the, a summer vacation from a high schooler, I mean, that's that's a big deal. But to take away a whole year, so the, you had the lockdowns. Yeah, you have all that happens. But then there is social media, and I'm gonna I'm reading this into this is that the reason why I am so against social media, and yes, yes, it can be used for good. Yes, there are good things that can come out of it. But when we look at the negatives, it is a mass grave of negatives that is social media. The reason why we have such an increase in mental health is because of social media, is because of things like Facebook, Instagram, especially the the age of the Internet, TikTok, and the cancer of the Internet, Twitter. Um are the reasons why we have, especially on, uh, among teenage girls, is the reason why we have such higher suicide rates and higher just overall mental health problems is because of social media. Because everyone, everyone's life on social media is perfect. I know that's a cliche that people have used, but it's 100% true. And the cyberbullying that goes on <laughs> on, on, um, on social media too is an epidemic. The people will look at other people's perfect lives and say, "Well, why, why is it my life perfect?" Or they will, they will, they they will spend hours to to, to get to just get the right picture, to use the right filter, to do the whatever. Right? That's not normal. People don't do that. Normal people don't do that. That's not how we have uh, progressed as a, a species in a society over the last, you know, how how however old the Earth is, however old humanity is. Who really knows? But it seems like it, there was a big jump. So you look at people that were alive, I don't know, in the 90s, right? They, the, the Internet really wasn't that big of a thing like it is today. There wasn't this huge problem with depression, and there wasn't so many people on these antidepressants, and there wasn't this, this outcry over mental health like we see now. But when the Internet came along and when social media came along, it exploded. And when people are stuck inside their homes... And they, they see all these rich people doing whatever they want to do, flying on private jets because you don't need a passport. You don't need a COVID passport to go to a private airport if you can fly private. Don't need that, right? They see how all the rich people live, how all the rappers live, right? Another thing that I really don't like is rappers. You see how they live and their fake lifestyles. It's all about getting the money. And, uh, you know, the, another thing that I hate is that 
I, I'm kind of, I'm into watches like like luxury wristwatches. I can't afford them, but I, I think they're cool. I like the craftsmanship, the the heritage. Like when you look at an uh, Audemars Piquet or a Patek Philippe or uh, Rolex, these historical brands that actually mean something because the craftsmanship that's been put into them, the story, the heritage, they're all privately owned. Uh, Rolex is a trust, and they're not really for profit because all their money goes into a charity, basically, in the land holdings in Switzerland. But but you see these rappers that, that wear these $300,000 watches. They drive million-dollar cars that live in these huge, massive homes. And they're still doing their partying and all their things. And they have all these younger people saying, I just want to be like them. And they do all the same things that these people do on social media. And their life doesn't actually reflect it. And it's this huge you know, brain fog block that these people are, are feeling. Because they're trying to aspire to something that doesn't actually bring meaning to your life. Well, in my case, it doesn't, doesn't even exist. It exists for the camera and exists right. for social media. So now there there might be a certain class of people that can actually afford to live that way. Maybe if you're Kanye West or if you're one of those uh, idiot Paul brothers, yeah, you maybe you can afford to live like that. But so many people have put so much into their to their uh, social image that they can't afford. They they cannot actually afford to live like that. And then you have people who live in Middle America or who live wherever and see that say, you know what, I got to aspire to that because they look like they're rich and I want to be rich too. Or it may, it may not just be a wealth thing, but it just may be a social status thing, too. And social media just makes that so much worse. And I firmly believe that uh, these social media companies know that this kind of stuff is happening, but they don't do anything about it. You know, let's go ahead. Sorry. I think that they know that this kind of stuff is going on. They know that the effect that it has on people. Like, you look at, look at dating apps, for instance, right? You're basically window shopping for a date. You've, we've never, society has never done that before. We have never uh, gone in, society has, or humanity has never done window shopping like, 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 like what you do on apps like Tinder or whatever, um, as far as looking for someone that you want to date. It's never happened before. People actually used to meet people out in public, right? That I can guarantee you that's how your parents got, met each other. They actually met each other out out in public. But now you're doing this through dating sites. You, you can just swipe one way or the other. Like you make an instantaneous judgment on someone in just a few seconds, right? You know the old saying, never judge a, never judge a book by its cover? Well, he does. He or she doesn't look you know, the way I want them to, so swipe whichever way you're supposed to swipe. And you just completely discard someone as worthless. The insensitivity that we that we have towards humanity is being is getting worse because of social media. So, what do you think, Jacob? You know, not to not to drop his name again, but this is what this is what uh, Kaczynski talks about again in his book. Um, all of the problems that we face in society today, he predicted would be self inflicted. It's one hundred percent true. Um, mental, most mental illness, most mental problems people have, anxiety, stress, depression, um, depression. Most of these things are self-inflicted through this society that we've created. Um, and of course, social media is just, is just one aspect of that. Um, but it, it, it does just go to show, uh, that 
you create a tool and you can create something that can be uh, magical like the cell phone right you can um, talk to anybody. You can text anybody in the in world the world, yeah. at, at an instantaneous. And you have I don't all the think, information at your fingertips. And I don't think anybody would would disagree that it is an, an incredible benefit to humanity. But at what cost? Sometimes for for certain people. Now, I myself, I don't, I don't, I don't usually fall into those camps that have you know manic depressive states because no one likes their posts or. Um, they don't have any followers. Look, I got a hundred. I got a hundred and ninety followers. I don't know who these some of these people are. It doesn't really. It I, it has no bearing. If I had ten followers, I wouldn't care either. I'm not proud of my follower count or anything like that. But some people do care about that, and some people would have a manic depressive state if they lost ten percent of their followers um, over the course of of a several uh, you know over a short period of time, or if they worked really hard on a post which i always find funny working hard on a, on a post you're going to share with people and people i don't forget and, no, tense, tense look, look and i have a problem with with people posting photos or posting things but like if, if it's a picture of yourself i'm like uh, okay cool okay case in point i posted some photos of us when we went to go to tom woods's event because we went and did something cool and I felt like people, you know, who follow the movement be like, hey, they met some of their heroes. That's really cool. But like if you're just standing there smile, not smiling, but like if you're just standing there doing nothing, I don't always see the value or like, wow, you must have worked really, really hard on that. You must be really, really proud. I just took a picture. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't like. But the, so much showcasing art, showcasing yeah. music, um, beauty, that sort of thing. Or if you're a great photographer and you take, you know. You know, it's like Ansel Adams quality photos, but most most social media is trash. And I'll fully admit that. I'll say about ninety five percent of it's just complete garbage. I mean, the person who's been on the forefront on this fight in this crusade against the narcissism on the internet has been Joey B. Yeah, he's Joey been B. Tunes, uh, savior. He's he's been he 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 is the best at pointing out just the narcissism and the just the absolute just stupidity. Of most of this stuff, like there, he has got so many good videos on, uh, especially during the riots and whatnot. People that were going out and just taking vanity pictures, yeah, over buildings that were just burnt down, like pretending that they were helping clean up. Or what they would do is they would they would have the Black Lives Matter sign and they'd be fully dressed up. They would take the photo and then they would just leave. Yes, get in their car and leave. So how many of those photos that people liked? Or people are like, yeah, my favorite creator is for is, is down with the cause. Did that, which I I would be I'd be hard pressed to say that a lot of them didn't do that. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of them did do that. Or so many times that people will actually fake the pictures. They will take a picture yeah. of a sign and they'll you know they'll edit it and put something on the sign yeah. that's not they weren't actually there. That's that's he's one of the reasons why I kind of want to keep my Instagram just to fall. Maybe if I just. If I just blocked everything else out and then just had him uh, at well, the end. Because what happens is is that what gets pushed to the top is always the pretty people, the handsome people. They're the no. ones that always get pushed to the top. But he always, That's a societal but, but he, evolutionary thing. But he makes the point that you know we do have the next Picasso or uh, Beethoven out there, and they have you know sub-500 followers or whatever. And well, here, here they are actually creating art and things that are actually of of actual relevance not just you looking pretty in a picture because that has no cultural relevance relevance but someone who's creating art musicians there are uh, painters who are actually creating th creating something 
and he gets nothing. Well, he had on that, that that one kid. He was what ten, and he's playing a tool song on drums. Yes, that's a, that's amazing. A ten year old playing a Danny Carey song. Danny Carey is a fantastic drummer. You would be hard pressed to find most musicians that play on a regular that could play what this kid's playing. Of course, he gets no views. That's just again. That's just the shallowness of of society and. But there, where... but but so much of our, especially the business world is being pushed in this way. It's like you got to have a social media presence. If you, if you want to make it business today, you got to be on all the major platforms. Well, it's the, it's the best and fastest way to reach people. That's, reach people. Right. That's why. But it's creating an inauthentic exchange, if you will, in the business world, right? The reason why Rolex and Paytech Philippe and Audemars PK has been around for so long, they've been around for almost 200 years from these companies, it's because they have they have created the customer experience that when you buy one of their watches, you buy into their family, right? That was that's a, that was true for a lot of businesses back in the day, right? You went to mom and pop businesses because they treated you like family. You, you they were a trusted source. You knew what the product we, we, which you were buying. You knew where it came from, right? Before supermarkets came around, you had local mom and pop groceries that got the food and produce that was sourced locally from farmers that you probably went to church with, right? But because we have, because everything always has to grow at a 10x rate, we, everything else is grow, 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 no matter what, we get to a point where people don't even know where their food comes from. They don't know how how the how ground beef gets from the cow. The people probably don't know that ground beef comes from a cow and how it just magically shows up there at the grocery store. Right? It grows on a tree, and they have people that go pick it. The fact that you can get strawberries and blueberries at Walmart in the dead middle of winter in Idaho, the fact that that even the fact that that, that is even possible is a yes, it's a miracle, but it's also not natural because those kinds of fruits and vegetables don't grow in the middle of winter well, in they have Idaho. To be exported, they have to be imported. And exported. They're imported from the third world. They're imported from uh, South America. Now, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but a long time ago, if you, that's why you bought fruit in the summer and then you would freeze can it or it. can it yeah. so you could have it in the winter. But because everything is so instantaneous, we got to have everything available at the drop of a hat leads to a society that's yes it's spoiled but it's inauthentic it's a society that that craves what's what's viral and what's popular at in the moment but they're not planning out for the future and the people and the reason why i keep mentioning rolex is not because they make great watches but because because they because they have a brand that's focused on the future and focused on maintaining their uh their their status as a, a as as the, the as premier. the watch premier watch brand, that they're willing to take a back seat sometimes, right? So right now you can't buy uh, a, a Paytech Philippe Nautilus, right? You, they're they're impossible to buy because not only have they discontinued certain series, but because of all the shortages, they're incredibly expensive to buy, right? A couple years ago you could pick one up for about thirty seven thousand dollars, which may seem like a lot of money to you folks. Uh, who don't know about these kinds of things. But the number I'm going to say next will even shock you even more. If you wanted to buy one, you could get one at auction. But you're going to have to push out about $470,000 to get one now. Right? So, what's the, Joe, what's your point? The point is is that they are not they are focusing on the long term. They are focusing on maintaining their status in the brands. Because everyone would say, well, just ramp up production. Just ramp up production. 
But if you ramp up production and, and everything in the future kind of levels out, you now have a glut of watches that are out there that are worth nothing, right? They don't want that to happen. They want to re remain the premier brand. So they're willing to take the, the, the hit right now but because they know in 20 years from now, hey, they're still going to be where they are today, if not better. But everyone would tell you, if you listen to all these, these uh, TikTok, you know, the millionaires on TikTok and all these, the, the Tony Robbins, not, not, not Tony Robbins, but all these like, uh, like the Gary V's of the world or whatever, they say, no, just, just go make the millions now. Do whatever you, do whatever, do whatever you got to do now to make your millions. Who cares, whatever, who cares what the outcomes are? Who cares who you got to roll over to get there, right? It's all about just instant gratification, instant success. Just do it now. Do it now. And I don't know. I, I, I may sound like a raving lunatic to some people, but I, I really don't care. I mean, Jacob's kind of shaking his head yes. Yeah, you are. I mean, you did just rant about watches for about five minutes, so yeah. I mean, that's I mean that's the example that I can so think I understand of. your point. No, I get your point. I understand it. Uh, yeah. Um, the whole social media rant was completely unplanned, but yeah, we did that. Well, I, I had told you that I was going to mention something about that. Yeah, well... Yeah, and it tied in nicely with the whole uh, pandemic and kind of our your your disdain and my growing. Um, I was indifferent to it, and then now I am now I dislike and I'm slowly moving into the uh, disdain phase of it. Um, and we'll see. I'm I'm con strongly considering just nuking everything, not nuking in the sense of deleting. As far as there won't be a more at J standard underscore. Which you can follow me on Twitter at jstandard_square if you if you wish to do so. Yeah. But I, I think my presence on those are gonna be because I have been trying to use it less and less these last two or three days and it's been really nice. Yeah. So. Because a lot I'm of strongly people will that. will ask me, well, Joe, why aren't you on these things? And I say, well, I just I don't think they're worth it. I don't think they're worth. You it. don't see the value in. I your don't time. see. I don't see the value in, in using my limited amount of time to spend on these sites. And they say, "Well, right. don't you want to be, you know, up on what's going on in the culture?" I said, "No, I really don't, because nothing in this culture is of value." Yeah. And they're like, "Uh, uh, well, that's what. Well, uh, well, if you want to be anybody, that's what you got to do." I'm like, "Well, if 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 what this culture decides is what being someone is." is being involved in that, then, you know, count me out. Well, it's like what I always said. Um, I'm very, very, I'm not the biggest fan of children, young children, I would say, under the age of 16 having it, like, I, at all. Yeah. Like, when you're, when you're 16, different story, but if you're under the age of 16, uh, I don't think you should have it. And someone at work was like, well, what if you're, well, your kids won't fit in with society. I'm like, that's the point. Yeah. What part of this? This was this was not to rant really far because we're really far, far on time. Who cares? But uh, whenever that whole milk crate challenge thing was going on, where you'd yeah, climb the yeah. milk crates, I, I I said I said, do you know that whole milk crate challenge thing that's going on? They said, yeah. I was like, what part of so what part of my kids need to be involved in that or need to look at that and be like, wow, that's really funny. So what 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 part of that society uh, do I want influencing? It's yeah, exactly. Is redeemable. Nothing. Uh, nothing at all, and nothing like that should be. Nothing. The fact that that sort of thing is celebrated and given the attention that it is, like, because remember, all these people crave is just attention. That's all yeah. they want is attention. So the fact that that's getting attention is to me is is more evidence than all. And again, I know I'm a bit of a, a music snob, and I'll fully admit that I'm a music snob, and I'm a little pretentious on music just because it's something that I adore and dear um, very very closely to me. 
if you were to see my room, I have vinyls all over the the walls and a whole collection of vinyl the vinyls records. Vinyls in my room are better though. Do you have the original Blues Brothers soundtrack on vinyl? No, I've got. Nah, I've no, got, no, I, I, I win. I, I, I win. I, 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 no, but I've got all. I have a. I have a lot of the original Yes albums on vinyl. Look, I have a I Would Die for You Prince seven inch on my on my wall. So that's an original eighty five. Uh, Prince. Okay, I'll take that back because now, now that I'm looking at it, okay, you do have the original Van Halen. Yep. You've got uh, uh, Dystopia signed by Kiko himself. Signed by Kiko. And you have 2112, and of course, yeah, the greatest album ever, the Blues Brothers album. I got, not on the wall, but I do have an original Sgt. Peppers, an original uh, Led Zeppelin one. So I got a bunch of good ones. Anyways, not to sidetrack too far there. Whenever I go on Spotify and I see the fact that um, Elvis Presley, Queen, uh, the the um, Beatles, David Van Halen, Bowie. David Bowie, all these artists, and I see that they have you know in the in the hundreds or millions of plays, and like that's pretty respectable, you know, amount of plays. And then I go to someone like Cardi B or or any other modern day uh, popular artist, artist and it's in it, and it's in the billions. I'm just like, I know I'm right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I know that I'm completely right on all this, and that that's the fact that society is where it's at. Um, and I understand that music's not a meritocracy, and, and nor should it be, because then we'd all be listening to you classical. know classical and jazz, and that's that that's no life to live. Not to knock jazz, I do love jazz, but so, you, know, you like jazz? You like jazz? <laughs> no, I do love jazz music. I do love classical music, but. If it's very stale if you only listen to one genre and that's completely it. There's more to explore. And sometimes some of the best songs are the simplest. And you yeah. don't need to be the most complicated to find some that you really do Unless love. Unless you're John Lennon because everything you make is just trash. Take that back right now. No, I will not take no, that back. No, John Lennon. No. No, John Lennon was a trash human being and a trash musician. No, he was not. Which, which Have part? Have you listened? Which, which part? He was not a good person, but he was a great yeah. musician. He was a bad person that made bad music. No. Strawberry Fields is a masterpiece of a song. And listen, you can't, listen, hey, you can't listen. deny that Strawberry Fields is a masterpiece. Listen, if if the Beatles were a three piece band without without that dead anchor that was John Lennon, they'd have been two times as more popular. Look, no, that's not true. That's not true at all. Yes, it is. No, the the appeal of the Beatles was was not only the pop songs that they wrote that appealed to everybody, but it was the weird psychedelic trippy stuff that John Lennon had his hand in and the very avant-garde. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Are you, so hang on a second. Are you telling me that John Lennon wrote Revolver? No, but well, I, 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 I'm not. Because you're about to shatter my world right now because if John Lennon was the reason why we have Tomorrow Never Knows. No, but John Lennon. Jump off John roof. Lennon wrote songs like "Strawberry Fields" and "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds," and they're and they're 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 trippy fever dream songs that are some of the most popular ones, and brought that avant-garde aspect of the late Beatles to what they are now. I still stand by my original statement. That's fine. You can stand by it all you want. I just okay. But listen. if you look at the songs that are credited of the Beatles, there's a there's an overwhelming majority of them of the avant-garde and the trippiness of the late Beatles can be attributed to John Lennon. Listen, okay. I, and George I, Harrison, I, but I, John Lennon. I will... I, okay, that's the, that's the joking part of me. I, I Says that, you know, John Lennon was, was a terrible musician. Of course he was a great musician. Of course he wrote some great songs. But I just can't get past the part of John Lennon being an absolute jerk. No, no I'm not saying that. And it's like, I... I I, which it's funny about me because I'm willing to excuse that about Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich was an absolute tyrant. 
of a person, but he was a fantastic drummer. Well, but but I, I it's weird that I'm willing to put that aside, but yet I can't do that with John Lennon. But to me, it's it's the part. To me, I just think that uh, Paul McCartney is just so much. He's in a different stratosphere of greatness that John Lennon can never hope to have ever gotten. That's to. like your opinion, man. Look, look, look. He married I have, Yoko. Look, stop, stop. Look, I have on my wall, I have three Van Halen records, and we all know that the Van Halen brothers were complete tyrants and jerks as well. So I can appreciate what Alex and Eddie did and and take that apart as well. Can we can we agree on that? And can we agree can we agree that society is misplaced on their taste in music? Can we agree on that? Yes, 100%. Okay, perfect. So we have a consensus. 100%. Anything else you want to add to the show? Um, well. Uh, I don't know. Um, I want to talk about this Alec Baldwin thing, but I just kind of lost interest in it. Uh, yeah, the Alec Baldwin shot somebody. Yeah, to me, I just don't. So uh, apparently, from what I understand, what happened was is that they were the guys who were who were in charge of the guns or whatever. They decided to use real guns in the show or in the movie, which I don't know why you would want just use prop guns because if you're going to be pointing a gun at someone, it better not be a real one. But apparently the guy who was in charge of these guns would allow these people to just take them and do target practice with live rounds near the set. And then it's and then uh, uh, to to no shock to anyone that knows anything about firearms who has dealt with them in the past or who knows a little bit about them, whenever you mix live ammunition with fake ammunition, it can be pretty easy to, you know, make mistakes like that. Why on earth if you know you're gonna be pointing a real gun at someone why on earth would there be a live real round within a million miles of that place why you were asking for a problem and apparently the guy who was in charge of the props or who was the lead stuntman who dodges the bullets or whatever i don't know what you call these people this kind of stuff has happened before on movie sets that he's worked on in the past so either it's gross, gross negligence on the producer of Alec Baldwin's part, or maybe they're just trying to do this movie on the cheap, and they're like, you know what, whatever, you know, go play with a live, go play with a real gun, son. It's like, eh. it's a tragedy that didn't need to happen, and it's kind of ironic, ironic, isn't it, that this kind of stuff happens to all these anti-gun uh, nuts out there like Alec Baldwin, who ends up killing someone with a real gun because he doesn't know what the heck he's doing with one. It's like, it's 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 it is a bit ironic, and I had a joke I was gonna do about it, but I, I just I'm just, I'm not gonna do it because I guess it's in bad taste. But to see, and you have I've changed my mind on this because Jacob and I had an argument about it, and to see someone like uh with Don Jr., um, Donald Trump Jr.'s son, yeah, he made a shirt about how guns don't kill people. Alec Baldwin does. I can see how that's in poor taste, um, to do. It's not. It's it's not that. It- it's not that it's that. The point I was trying to make earlier before the show was it's context and it's and it's a reading the audience. Right. Um, there are some things that there's some things that you would definitely like. There's some jokes that you would make in the context of um, of just different audiences, and that's the point I was trying to make. Yeah, and it's a tragedy that didn't need to happen because of either gross negligence or just pure stupidity. On the part of those involved in what happened there, um, I I, I, don't, I don't know why live ammunition's on the set of a movie. If you're gonna use real guns, if you're gonna use, well, yeah, exactly. I I don't know why you don't hand him. Now I understand someone's like, oh well, don't point a gun at someone's head, and I understand that. But in the, if 
we don't know the context. Uh, at least I don't. They could have been filming, for all I know, and it could have been, it could have been, or they could have been rehearsing it. And he needed, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen a movie or not, but sometimes they do point guns at people's head to re to act like you they're killing some. Ever seen an action? Some, movie or seen seen action? John Wick? Yeah. So I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's something different. I mean, it does definitely look really, really bad if all this is true. So. So I don't know how Alec Baldwin doesn't get out of this one without facing some kind of prosecution yeah. or going to jail. Because if I was the family of the of the lady who was killed or the lady who or the person who was injured i don't know how you don't sue the crap out of alec baldwin and the guy that allowed this kind of stuff the 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 prop master who allowed this kind of stuff to happen or whoever was in charge of handling the firearms like well i don't know if you saw there was a piece that came across my phone as i'm doing the show that they have not ruled out um the criminal charges yet so there could be criminal charges yeah. headed headed the way, I guess, of the prop handler or somebody. Somebody's got to go to jail for something. Yeah. So I mean, um, it's definitely, it's, they're not. They're not out now, of the woods. as yeah. far as like, was it intentional? I don't know. I don't. I don't think I, it's intentional. No, I, I have no reason to believe. It was no intentional. reason intentional, but you know, there's a thing called manslaughter. Um, yes. So, but anyway, um, we it's, have rambled on way too long for this how, episode. How, how long is this one? We're an hour and twenty-one minutes right now. Oh, we want to go for an hour and a half? No, we can't. We got we got to end the show here. We, we, we got the World Series tonight. Hey, game World's, one, game one of the World Series. I look. I'm gonna go ahead and just say on the record that we are way too long on the show. But I'm gonna say on the record that all of my predictions have been incorrect for this season. You can, how much money have you lost? I haven't lost any money. Oh, okay. I'm not look. I'm not confident enough in my own predictions to make bets, but. My prediction was for the World Series was the Rays and either the, the either the Brewers or the Dodgers. Big swing and miss uh, there. I mean, Dodgers got at least to the to, to the NLCS. Rays got knocked out first round, so completely, completely wrong there. Look, I'm gonna be honest. Braves and the Astros. I I said on Twitter. I said I cannot in good conscience cheer for the Houston Astros. No, even though they are the American League. Um, but. I'm not the I'm not I'm not a don't be wrong I'm not I'm not a Braves fan either but I, I pick between the two I'd rather say the Braves win even though I live in Atlanta and sometimes I just get a little Braves just... fans can be a little obnoxious. Look, look, it's you know the same what? thing with it's it's the same thing when the Bulldogs win. Bulldog look, fans and those kinds of people they're a little obnoxious. Just gonna be honest. Look, give them their look. This is the look. So we looked at tickets. Reason why tickets are more expensive in Atlanta. I mean, the joke is because this is the first. This is the only time they're gonna be there for people's lifetime. So you might as well go see them now. So it's when I say once in a lifetime, they really mean once, once in, in a, a lifetime. lifetime. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think Atlanta will do well. Look, Atlanta is a team, and Atlanta is a city that I could easily see see the Braves winning in five or six, and I could see them losing all four. Like yeah. I, I could see them losing just all, all, all straight. Do the Braves have the pitching though that's going to go up against that Astros lineup? Astros lineup is is, is, is a, a, it's a, a beast, mean lineup. It's a beast of a lineup, and it's it's so to see we see to see the runs they put up against the Boston Red Sox. Uh, it's it's it's, it's going to be a good series. I yeah. think it's going to be good. You know, yeah. The the part that's kind of hilarious to me is if is if the Braves win it in four games, right? And <laughs> And the fact that, that, that they lost the All-Star game because of the whole voting rights thing or whatever. Stupid. To see Rob Manfred hand the, the mm-hmm. World Series trophy to the Braves in Atlanta, in Atlanta it's just going to be so sweet. It's the, it's the ultimate eat crap moment well, to Rob Manfred. There was an article. That shell of a human being. That, that is going to be so, so awesome to see that you had this guy that basically got cucked out by the entire world who was, who was run over by the woke bus to move – the uh the the all star game from Atlanta to Colorado 
Because, you know, because you can't celebrate Hank Aaron in, in Atlanta. What are you, crazy? You got to do it in Colorado. Yeah. It's going to be so sweet to see that happen. And that's the reason why I want the Braves to win more than anything. What, win, win either game five or game four? No, game just, four or game just five. to win the World Series. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, or in, a Hannah in, in Atlanta. To have them win in Atlanta because, yeah, I don't, because I hate the Astros, but I hate Robert Manfred even more. I hate that man even more than I hate the Astros. Well, I dislike him more. So to see him have to humble himself and give them the trophy in Atlanta, it's just going to be so sweet. So sweet to see that happen. Um, But anyway, so uh, this went long. But you know what? We only do two of these a week. So, I mean, what what do you want from us? It's just free podcasting. But if you want to listen to the show a day early, you can check out the Patreon link down below. Five bucks a month gets you free access to the show and helps fund the podcast as well. You can check out the Teespring store if you want to get a t-shirt of the show or a cool sticker for the logo. Um, you can get that as well. You can also follow me on Twitter at jstandard underscore, and you can follow at Joe for whatever reason. I'm not. We should stop saying because I'm, I'm never getting back on Okay, so don't fire. follow Joe at Joe Stanberg. Yeah. You can also send your comments, concerns, and questions to the show email, thestandingbrothershow at gmail.com. So I hear the dog is barking in the back. So you know what that is? That's the dog of time. <laughs> That's a, is that the sheep of time? The sheep of time. That's a Craig Ferguson joke. You guys can go look it up. So. But that's going to be it until next episode Friday. It'll be just me. We'll be talking some cool stuff probably. Um, I don't know yet. We'll talk about some baseball maybe. You have a we'll couple see what, games to talk about. A couple about. games to talk about, so we'll see what that's all about. Until then, take it easy, everybody. Right? We got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot.